Please listen to the following announcements concerning the renumbering of 2021 and 2022 podcasts. This episode was originally published in October of 2021, but it is now being reassigned to February 2022. While listening, please disregard all references to dates. The material itself is still very relevant. Going forward all the earlier issues will be reassigned to the year 2022. In 2023, the format will start with January being issue number one of volume two and each year will only have 10 issues. July and August will be planning and study months. I believe this make this podcast stronger and easier to follow. Your host, WWJTL. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. Falling clearly across the miles, WWGTL, from the mountaintop. But it really doesn't matter with me now, because I've been to the mountaintop. Wow, what a statement. It really doesn't matter with me, because I've been to the mountaintop. Well, that's what this podcast is all about. And in session number two, which is our today's session, we're going to talk about taking those statements that he made in the last part of a speech apart and analyzing spiritually where he was and how where he was can affect us today. So listen along, we'll get started. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time together to share, to learn to become more confident in who you are, your love, your care for us, your peace you wish to provide, and your promises for the future. Thank you, Father, so much through your loving Son, Jesus Christ. And thank you for the Holy Spirit, which touches our lives each and every day. Thank you so much, Lord. In your name, amen. All right. Well, let's uh, talk about how we're going to do today's session, okay? I'm going to play a little part of the Dr. Martin Luther King speech. And then after that segment is played, we will discuss what insights that segment brings to this podcast and our preparations. Number one. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. Well, I don't know what will happen now. You know, that's a great admission. I don't know. I don't have to be in control. The Lord is in control. He knows. He knows what's going to happen. I don't know the specifics of what's going to happen, but I do know who knows, and that's the Lord. And so this is an admission of the dependency on the Lord. I don't know, but the Lord knows. But I do know this, and then we'll go on to the next section. Number two. I may not know what's going to happen, but I can tell you this. And here's the quote. We've got some difficult days ahead, unquote. When you recognize that either circumstances, uh, people's investments, people's willingness or unwillingness, and there's both, to take part in something that'll bring about good or bad, is at odds with each other, then there's difficult days ahead. You have tried to settle the matter, but you know, some people just love fence-sitting. They don't want to get involved. They don't want to take a stance. They don't want to be on one side or the other. They love status quo. They love fence-sitting. 
And these people are often in a crisis like this, forced off the fence, and they're forced into taking sides. The problem with that is things become polarized, and we've seen that all too often in the last few years. More and more polarization. Less and less of the ability to talk to each other. If we could just talk and we could find a solution, we could have avoided a civil war, but we could not find a solution. And sometimes solutions cannot be found because the opposing views are just too much at odds with each other. That finally happened in America's first civil war. And Martin Luther King recognized that the forces, even of the whites, with the blacks who wanted not just freedom but equality, were going to clash with the status quo. And there would be some very difficult days ahead because of people's attitudes and people's unwillingness to bargain. Well, that's true today, not just because we have a clash of people's ideals in our country, but because the times of reconciliation between the spiritual powers of good and evil are coming to a time of impasse. But I can sure see things uh, heating up. There was a uh, survey done a few years ago in college campuses, and it said, what's the biggest obstacle to peace on college campuses that you see today? And this was way back in like 2005, 2010. And they said religion. And even at that point, there was beginning to be this great chasm between those that worshiped the Lord in his ways and those that did not. And so that chasm exists and that conflict will continue to grow until the end of the church age. Yes, we have some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. Number three. Well, let's talk about what inspired this podcast because if any line did, it was this line. It really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. What is the importance or significance of the mountaintop? We're going to address that in this section. First, the mountaintop is a place that God took his people for instruction. Ten Commandments came from the mountaintop. When Moses was about ready to die and God wanted him to see the promised land, he took him to the mountaintop. When Jesus wanted to assure the disciples of experientially what would be the future, he took them during the transfiguration to the mountaintop. Actually, he took some of them to the mountaintop. The mountaintop has always played a part in God speaking to his people or they're receiving some encouragement or direction. It has always played a part in the people seeking God. Go to the mountaintop. That's number one. Number two, going to the mountaintop requires some effort. 
you got to climb the mountain if you're physically going to the top of a mountaintop. You've got to pray, study your Bible, worship the Lord in your heart, fellowship with other believers as you seek a spiritual mountaintop experience. It takes work. It doesn't happen just because you say, well, I'd like to go to the mountaintop. Okay, but you've got to get there. Number three, the mountaintop is a place where you get the big picture. In the valley, you can only see the mountains around you. But on the mountaintop, you get the big picture. You can see the larger idea of what's happening. You get the overall view and you get to see further away. You can see your enemies and your blessings. On the mountaintop, you are strategically safer. On the mountaintop, you can see in all directions. That is the strategic safety. But it also is the bigger picture. And so both of those elements come into play there. Number four. On the mountaintop, you leave your cares in the valley. Okay? You come up to the mountaintop and you sit on the mountaintop and somehow it seems renewed and refreshing, especially if a new day is coming and you see the sunrise. There's the promise of that new day. And so we go to the mountaintop because it lifts us out of the valley and it helps us have a larger view of what Jesus and God the Father is doing. Now, there's some very real physical things about going to a mountaintop. I've alluded to some of them already, but let's look at a short list here. One, you get the big picture. Two, you see your enemies and your blessings from far away. You might see a, a wagon coming with food or an enemy troop coming, and you need to prepare. Three, you can receive signals and send signals, i.e., you can communicate better on the mountaintop. So a mountaintop is a place that is important to us. Martin Luther King alluded to this, and he said, I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen I've overlooked what will be the future. Just like Moses, I've seen the future. I know it's there. I may not get there with you, and we'll talk about that coming up, but it's there. I've seen it. I've been to the mountaintop. I can assure you with confidence because I've been in that place where I get to see the big picture. God has shown me something when I worked and got to the mountaintop and God showed me something. And so a mountaintop in this podcast is hopefully a place that you come for renewal, for understanding, for the big picture, for spiritual guidance from the Lord and from his Holy Spirit. And that's the importance of the mountaintop. 
Each month I try to highlight something that has come to my attention that I feel adds to the podcast. And this month I would like to highlight a book by Donald Brown. It is a book about the apostasy in the church today. And I think it's a good read. If you wish to order the book, you can do so by sending an email to D as in dog, B as in boy, R as in Robert, N as in Nancy, at AOL.com. The book is $35, but I think you'll find it an excellent read. And Donald Brown has put a lot of work into putting this book together. So again, if you're interested, that's D-B-R-N at A-O-L dot com. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. Number four. I think the important factor here in this line is, you know, I've examined everything. I'd like to live, but all that I have is now surrendered to the Lord. And the most important thing for me is not whether I fight for this or whether I battle for that, whether in fact even my side wins. But the most important thing for me is I want to do God's will. Now, what's God's will do? Well, he says in his word, it's a hiding place. It's a hiding place where we can be protected, we can be comforted, and most of all, during difficult times, we can be led by the Holy Spirit because he, as our Father, loves us so much. And so his statement is not just a a prideful thing. In fact, it wouldn't have gotten very far as he was assassinated the very next day. But it was a statement of, I've weighed it all, and now the most important thing to me is God's will. That's what will get us there. That's what will achieve results that will be the best hiding place, the best place of my Father taking my hand and leading me through this difficult times. And that place is in the center of God's will. How do we find that? Prayer, Bible, scripture reading, talking to our other brothers and sisters, as I've indicated before in this podcast, and make sure they're grounded in the Lord. Make sure they're not chasing something that is just a, I don't know, a dream of, uh, of restoration, like of the country. I've seen a lot of that, but that's not the important thing. The important thing is that As individuals, we're doing God's will. And that's what he came to that very night before he passed away. You know, Job also came to that. And so did uh, Solomon in writing Proverbs. At the end of Job's life, he said the most important thing is do not curse God and die. And he didn't mean a living physical death. He meant die spiritually. So do not curse God and die. And at the the end of his existence, Solomon said, it's all vanity. The only thing counts is what I did 
with and for the Lord. So think of those two items when you say, I just want to do God's will. There's also a quote, and I'm afraid I'm not going to get it right, but please bear with me. Let's say that he is no fool to give away what he cannot keep, to gain what he cannot lose. It was by a Jim, someone who was a noted evangelist in the 1950s. It's a great quote. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. Number five. And I've seen the promised land. Here's the assurance of what he has seen. God has shown him as he had shown Moses, as he had shown the disciples in the transfiguration. He had shown them an actual reality that they couldn't see yet. And so he believed what he had seen from the Lord. He believed what would happen because he had seen it with spiritual eyes. And that is what the Word of God shares with us about both things that will happen here on earth as well as our heavenly home. We need to see those with spiritual eyes. We need to see those because God himself who has been there paints the picture in his word about these outcomes. Or he gives us a dream. Or he instills in our young men a vision and our old men dreams. And he shows us the outcome. There's a couple of funny sayings. One is, I don't know. I read the end of the book and we win, meaning I don't quite know how we're going to get there, but I know who wins in the end. And related to that, there's the, well, you know, the last big wars is already decided, which it is. Armageddon is already decided. The devil knows that too, as well as everybody else. He's just trying to convince everybody that the Bible is wrong, that the word of God is not true. But as Martin Luther King was saying, I've seen it. I've been there. Okay, and uh, we'll go on to the next section because it's kind of related. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Number six. I may not get there with you. What a statement. I've seen it, but I may not get there with you. Something may happen. And in fact, the next day, Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee. He didn't get there with them. But what does this statement say? It says, it doesn't matter that I'm a part of this or I'm not a part of this. It's going to happen. It doesn't matter because this doesn't depend on me. It depends on the lordship of Jesus Christ, the leadership of God the Father, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and it's going to happen. It doesn't matter whether I'm present. It does matter whether I do my part as long as I'm present, but it doesn't matter if I'm present. I read in a book a saying that says, I'm immortal till God says otherwise, okay? My destiny is in the capable hands of God. My destiny is charted by the Lord Jesus Christ. My destiny is guided by the power of the Holy Spirit to renew life. 
the destiny of this movement, the destiny of our home in heaven, the destiny of the victory of Christianity cannot and will not be changed. And so it doesn't matter if I'm with you or not. This God is with you, and he is the one that you trust. He is the one who's made the promise, and he is the promise keeper. And as it is in his word, it will be on earth. As it is in heaven, it will be here on earth. So I may not get there with you, but it's okay. And finally, we'll finish with the last piece. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Number seven. Mine eyes have seen the glory. A very short line, but important. Mine eyes. Personally, personally, I've seen this. Have seen, bring witness to the glory, the victory of Jesus in difficult times. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord and his victory in these matters. And there were many people in 1968 who felt that a black man would never be president of the United States. And yet in 2008, on a cold January morning, a black man stood and took the oath of office of president of the United States. And whether you believed in his politics or not, it didn't matter. But the vision was coming true. The victory was taking place. And I think we're further down that road of integration than many think we are today. At least, I hope we are. Well, that is what this speech has meant, and that is what inspired this podcast. And I hope that you've enjoyed a tour through two minutes with a speech and 20-some minutes of explanation. But I've enjoyed doing it, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Thank you. This is your host. Next month on the podcast, we'll be looking at what's the Lord say about prepping? What's his call? First of all, it should be individualized. And so my answer might surprise you. That's what we'll look at next month on the Mountaintop with Jesus podcast. WWJTL.